0: This episode of Your Queer Story is brought to you by our patrons, The Knights Wishing Well and Tickle.life.
1: your queer story i am your host evan jones
0: (laughs) and i'm paul hobbs who is also your host no i'm just here
1: (laughs) he's just just hanging out i'm gonna do all the work today so guess what queersians october is officially lgbt history month
0: celebrate it's you know what that's why halloween is in october
1: is that why because that's why it's a gay holiday
0: exactly now now it all makes
1: sense Mm -hmm. it's all coming
0: together you're welcome (laughs) thanks so thank you all for subscribing and downloading our episodes make sure to give our patreon a listen we have been able to cover the costs of our of our hosting and we are getting super close to our goal of a hundred dollars a month and once that goal is hit we will be doing our facebook live q a
1: exactly so um thank you so much again guys we'll be going live on our patreon soon um that's how we're going to be uploading our new video chats and if you're a patreon supporter of at least three dollars or more a month you get to uh, check in on those chats so make sure you're looking at that uh and it really helps us guys you're supporting the arts you're supporting queer history and you're supporting us too Mm -hmm. so uh anyways yeah so go to uh, patreon at yourqueerstory.com
0: why? Go to Patreon at patreon dot com slash your queer story. Yeah, whatever.
1: The way that you get there, Google it. Look it up. <laughs> Go, Alexa, how do I get to your queer story Patreon? Shut the
0: fuck up, bitch.
1: <laughs> Alexa, I don't like your tone. <laughs> I wish I could be someone's Alexa. I wish I could just sit in the house and answer the questions for <clears> them, <throat> them, but give them all the wrong answers. Ask I would not question. want to hear
0: your voice all day long.
1: Shut up. You hear my voice all day long. I hear it once a week. You hear it once a week when we're recording. You hear it when we're editing. You hear it every time that I
0: call you. When do you call no, me? Not that often. <laughs> I don't think you've ever have... called me.
1: Um, I have called you several times. When have you answered? Not so many times.
0: <laughs> That's probably the... But one. I've
1: called you. Mostly we message. <laughs> anyways um, so yeah so all that to say go to patreon if you want to hear more of our voices and make sure you're hitting that download uh, button we appreciate it also a couple things for those of you who are in the rhode island area there is an interfaith service at bell street chapel on wednesday october 17th at 7 30 p.m that's at 5 bell street in providence it's for all queer people of faith or if you're not a queer person of faith you're just a queer person who's interested it's a like, like I said, it's an interface service, so it's bringing in a lot of different religious uh, affiliates, and um, it'll be an interesting
0: experience. Yep. There's also the Trans Sober Group, Mondays at 7 p.m. Yep.
1: And uh, just so you know, the Transgender Day of Remembrance will be on November 20th, and we'll have details on some things that are coming up about that. Also, if you're not in the Rhode Island area, there's probably going to be something going on in the area around you, so check out your local organizations if you want to get involved with something for the transgender day of remembrance. But uh, anyways, how was your week? Let me just...
0: Okay, we're going. My week was wonderful and relaxing mm-hmm. and everything I could have ever wanted. Everything you could have ever wanted. Yes. Why? Because I just got to relax. <laughs> All week <laughs> okay. Dragcon Con is such a like intense experience. Yeah that it's so fun Mm -hmm. but it's so much and it's an all-day thing like you you get up at five and you go to bed at like two in the morning oh why because it's it's you're with drag queens and they have to get up and put makeup on and then we stay up late and we're playing card games and laughing Mm -hmm. so but like for like three days straight and then you come back and you're completely drained and exhausted Mm -hmm. so yeah so you had a whole week to recuperate. Yeah. All just that. like laying around, you know, going we went to bed at eight o'clock one night. Yeah. Just, huh? you know, blazing around. It was great. That's mm-hmm. good. Still doing my yoga every day. I'm so proud of you. Yes. I'm still working
1: out regularly and going to the gym, running on the treadmill, all that good stuff. <laughs> also went to Vermont this last weekend and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very relaxing as well. Just chill, hanging out. New England in the fall time is a beautiful time.
0: It really is. And there's a lot of good smells. Oh, my God. There's always, everywhere you go, there's always cinnamon brooms and apple Mm -hmm. smelling. Like, it smells so good everywhere. Everywhere. It wasn't like that in Indiana. It
1: wasn't. And, you know, everyone says that New England is so beautiful. But you have to, like, be here and see it to, like, Mm -hmm. really be struck with the awe the awnness yes. of New England's moon.
0: definitely a fall state. Yes. A state. a state fall fall area. Fall area. If you want like summer area, go to the west coast. If yeah. you want fall area, come to the east coast. Yeah. If you want hell, go to the midwest. It <laughs> <laughs> depends what, on what it depends on your taste. What 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 are you
1: what are you into, huh? You into <laughs> torture every day? You go there. You go to the mm-hmm. Midwest. They'll give it to you. Yeah, I know it's beautiful. And know there's like all these orchards out here and there's uh it's just everything everything's good mm-hmm. so yeah so it was a good week good week
0: for both of us
1: I guess it was no, oh and um also just waiting for my next presidential alert did you get that on your phone? oh book? I did yeah. I'm
0: waiting for the fucking 6 and, no not 6 because he probably doesn't get up at 6 but like 8.30 he does get
1: up he doesn't sleep are you kidding me? what do you mean he doesn't sleep? Trump he doesn't sleep I don't think the man sleeps I don't think he's human first of all <laughs> I, I think he's a reptile that's stuck in his body and I think that he, the only thing that We're he trying does to the thing. <laughs> is he sits on his toilet from like 1am to 5am and that's his rest period where he like eats and poops at the same
0: time and then he sends out <laughs> all the sweets. That's my theory. That's that's very possible. We're literally going to start. It's a brilliant idea. Oh yeah, I really so genuinely think it's going to be so good for our country. But I just don't know how it's going to be in Trump's hands. That's like what my, uh, worries me. I mean, oh, I'm sure okay, it's going to be yeah. regulated. Yeah, like he can't just send out whatever well, when, like, he wants. Like,
1: like, like did, if you like, you know, unfollowed him on Twitter, is this now just going to be his Twitter feed directly linked to your phone, so you can't stop? Right. Seeing I don't his, want it to stuff? be.
0: I don't want it to be announcements. Like,
1: like who's I don't, in charge of it? That's the. Yes, yeah,
0: I don't want to get random announcements on my phone from the White House. Like, yeah, I want to know if there's a missile coming. Send everybody on their phone that—that's right needed. Yeah, but, but if it's don't just like, update me, you
1: guys, you're gonna love how great I am. You're not gonna believe this. Uh, guess what? Kim Jong Un, he's a fucking pussy. That's it.
0: Good morning. You did really good in the beginning. It was Trump. and then I, I then went he went not, into Bernie's. I can't help. It just it just slips into Bernie so quickly. It does. So it was easy. really good, and then I was like, no, that's Bernie again. Yep.
1: Yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I know you didn't mean that, but. So what happens when these two old guys, you yeah. know, they all sound the same. You mm-hmm. hear one old white guy, you heard the other old white guy.
0: Yeah, pretty much. All right. Different beliefs, though. Yes, very Sa- different Audio beliefs. sounds the same. Audio.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so we should get in our topic today. Uh, uh, it's going to be a rough one. What's
0: up? No, I was just going to say trigger warning. This is yeah. going, this is uh, not something we usually do. This is, uh, I mean, we've covered sad stories before, mm. but this is like a tragic story.
1: Yeah, this is tragedy all the way. This is the roughest story that we've covered for sure. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. So it wouldn't be appropriate to go through LGBTQ History Month without discussing the story of Matthew Shepard and the incredible impact his death had on our futures. Before we begin, we would like to state a trigger warning that this story will discuss rape, torture, and murder. Please be aware before continuing, but also know that these stories are essential to understanding the foundation of our history and the rights we enjoy today. So without further delay, let's begin Matt's story.
0: In 1996 11.6 percent of reported hate crimes were against queer people and 73 percent of these crimes were motivated by hatred towards gay men of course these statistics only account for those who reported their crimes and those crimes that authorities deemed as hate crimes the reality is that many many more individuals suffered because of their gender because of their gender identity or perceived sexual orientation in fact, in 2014, according to statistics released by the FBI, I guess How it... many... What do you think the statistics is on the people that can't say statistics? <laughs> the <laughs> truth is,
1: 63% of Americans can't say the word statistics, and that's why they say stats instead, or they say facts.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, in 2014, according to stats released by the FBI, according to stat... <laughs> According to stats released by the FBI, the number of reported hate crimes against queer individuals had risen to 18.7%, which was 1,248 victims. With more progress in LGBTQ acceptance, it seems that more victims felt safe reporting their crimes and more authorities believe their stories of their victims.
1: Yeah, so just the the amount of people that had hate crimes done against them or that were reported went up. But... The reality is, it's just more people probably felt safe being able to actually report the fact that a hate crime had been committed against them. Yeah, either that you or,
0: know? like it said, the police just didn't believe them. Or right. The police were like, "Whatever, fad, get out of here. That's your own problem. Like exactly. that's what you get.
1: Didn't do anything about it, or they lived at the very least, didn't even, didn't count it as a hate crime. Right. Because you have to report it a separate they way. They probably
0: just reported it as. whatever yeah okay an assault or something this
1: guy he picked a fight because he looked at this other guy and the other guy beat the shit out of him and that's what you get for looking at him like that yeah 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 so but the awareness surrounding queer issues was not always so and certainly was not a public concern one young man's story changed these perceptions matthew shepherd was born on december 1st 1976 in casper wyoming he was one of only two children and he and his younger bro he and his younger brother logan grew very close Matthew was known to be very playful and outgoing. He loved to dress up, and his favorite Halloween costume was Dolly Parton. I know you're jealous.
0: I am jealous. I wish I would have thought of that. You are sorry. I wish I would have thought this of year. that. This year. I was year. always a clown or a vampire.
1: I'm very surprised by that. Why? You dressed up all the time in girls' clothes. Why didn't you just dress up for Halloween? I don't know.
0: I only, But see, I, when I was Halloween, I wanted to be a character. Okay. I just wanted to dress up in girls' clothes around the house because it was fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. I did I, it on the regular. I didn't need to do it in public. I w- I hated
1: Halloween. I, which we weren't like. We were semi allowed to celebrate it. We were allowed to go trick or treating, but we couldn't like. Did really you call celebrate. it like?
0: Did it call you like? Seasons
1: like, harvest blessings, and, blessings and greetings. Like that's how my mom would decorate it. I mean, we did say like Halloween. There were some people that were like, "No, nah, we won't have anything to do with the devil's holiday." My parents would like say Halloween, and like we did dress up to some extent, but. Are you allowed to show your ankles? Um, no, of course not at all. So what did you wear? I, I don't know. Dressed up like a pilgrim. <laughs> like, so, so basically, what I wear every day with an apron over it.
0: <laughs> and I You put a costume on over your skirt. Yeah. Like the skirt's just like still there. <laughs>
1: Pretty much. No, the, exactly. No, I couldn't have like pants on my costume. So I always had to like figure it out. One year, the only Halloween costume I ever remember is I went as the ghost of Christopher Columbus. But nobody knew who... <laughs> <laughs> and we, Why
0: would you, of all <laughs> the things in the world, I'm the ghost of, not just a ghost, the other specifically like, the ghost of Christopher Columbus. Because
1: I loved history, and at that time, before I knew what an awful person Christopher Columbus was, I was obsessed with them. I was like, oh, this guy's really great, he discovered America. I didn't know that he had like, come over here and murdered a bunch of people. It caused a mass genocide. I didn't know that. I thought he was just the guy that discovered America. There was nobody here before Chris. So...
0: <laughs> just completely wait, like empty spaces. But... <laughs> How did you, like, how I had did you m- express that? I had one hat
1: that looked semi, like, something that someone would wear out of, like, the 1400s. And I wore that, and I painted my face white. And every door I went to, people were like, and what are you, a painter? And I was like, no, I'm the <laughs> Ghost of Christopher Columbus. And every person looked at me, like, why the fuck did you choose the Ghost of Christopher <laughs> Columbus? Are you a painter? <laughs> By the end of the night, though, I was like, yes, I'm a painter. whatever painter you want i don't know so weren't ghosts like sacrilegious no because they don't really believe in ghosts oh okay they believe that we're all like in heaven but we're not back on earth anyways (laughs) so back to matt his small stature and skinny frame drew some bullying from other students but despite this matt made friends easily and did well in school
0: in 1994, Matthew's father, Dennis, took a job at an oil company in Saudi Arabia. According to the parents, they wanted to give their children the experience of another country and culture. It was important to them that their boys have an understanding of some of the hardships the rest of the world faced. The family lived on the Saudi Aramco residential camp during the summer. And that school year, Matt went off to boarding school at the American School in Switzerland to complete his senior year. He was known as a bit of a class clown and was very outgoing. Once again, Matt made friends easily. In fact, he was voted most friendly by his classmates. And years later, his friends would make a documentary about him titled Matt Shepard is a Friend of Mine. It is available on Hulu and Amazon and includes several interviews from friends that Matt made all over the world. It's very good. You should definitely go watch it. Um if you want to cry.
1: Yes, but, it's yeah. it's
0: extremely emotional. It is very emotional. It, it was hard for me to watch and it wasn't there's like it's just sto- people like people are talking yeah. and it's so powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like if your best friend you lose your best friend and then you go around and all your friends are talking and they have so much information too like they have old letters and oh yeah pictures. he wrote he seemed to write a lot of letters he, did. he wrote a lot and he, you know they had all this information to go back and read and like that's really tough but it's really beautiful how one of his friends actually made the documentary and she went around and she tracked down all his friends from all different parts of the world and you know interviewed them mm-hmm. and got their stories got their stories for this documentary so yeah hulu and amazon prime i don't know how long it's going to be on hulu so Joe, check it out, but it is a tearjerker.
0: Absolutely.
1: So while the majority of Matt's time in Europe and the Middle East was filled with fond memories, there was one overshadowing event that would haunt Matt for the rest of his life. During a school trip to Morocco, Africa in early 1995, Matt went out one night on his own. There's a lot of speculation about why he would be wandering around the streets of a strange place late at night. Some friends suggested that Matt was already exploring his sexuality and he may have been looking for a secret gay bar. Others stated that he was known to go off on his own. Matt loved exploring and adventure, and he didn't seem to worry about danger. one of his teachers talked about that how she worried about him because he didn't seem that worried about
0: right. You anything know. he just was. He
1: just yeah. He just he's like I'm gonna do this and uh, whatever the consequences are, whatever you know. And uh, and it was part of this being young and immature. And you know he's living in a- another country. He's like lived in Saudi Arabia, then gone up to Switzerland. Yeah, for he's school. here.
0: Then he's here. Then he's here. He probably is just like so used to. I mean, it says he makes friends easily, but, mm-hmm. I mean, at first, you're alone, so he yeah. probably is used to having that space. He mm-hmm. probably...
1: Yeah. You know? And then you think about a young man questioning his sexuality, mm-hmm. like, needing that space to come to terms with that. So, he was used to, like, going out by himself and not having a problem. Right. So.
0: So, regardless of his reasons, Matt suddenly found himself surrounded by a group of men on a dark street in the city. Kate Chill, Matt's, fr- Matt's high school friend, says that at about 2 a.m., Matt pounded on her door... He wasn't wearing a shirt or shoes and was screaming. He told them that he had been pulled into an alley by six men who robbed him and then raped him. After such a terrifying and devastating incident, Matt never returned to his former self. From that point on, he became more reserved and struggled deeply with depression. Judy Shepard, Matt's mother, spoke of the event.
1: He never really recovered from the event. He just changed and he never wanted to do theater again. He felt uncomfortable in large crowds. He even adopted the posture of a victim. Instead of standing straight up and looking forward at people, displaying the confidence that he'd always had before, he began to like shuffle and hunch his shoulders and look down and not look people in the eye. After graduating from high school, Matt returned to the States. Originally, he enrolled in Catawba College in Salisbury, North Carolina. However, he became irritable and frustrated. His depression and anxiety grew and he dropped out of college. For the next few years, Matt bounced around from place to place During this time, he came out as gay to his family and a few close friends. His parents were very accepting and supportive. Shortly after this revelation, Matt moved to Denver, Colorado. So, I mean, you know, like they said, like, it's just he
0: has this awful experience. Mm -hmm. Like, go ahead. Terrible, terrible. Like, I couldn't imagine how terrifying and, you know, scary that is. It's just Mm a horrible experience. Yeah. Um,
1: And he's 17 years old. He's in a strange...
0: country right and And it's dark like somewhere he has no idea where he's mm -hmm. at i it's terrifying
1: it's awful it's awful and then and it changed and his friend like people said like that you just saw this noticeable shift in matt from that time on you know he just went from like this
0: very carefree kid right because his his sense of safety was gone yeah because before he never felt in danger and then i mean something that traumatic happens i mean getting mugged alone and Mm -hmm. getting your stuff stolen would be terrifying oh yeah and then it to what it to what happened the violence I mean on top of Yeah. There. Yeah. I couldn't imagine living with that. It must have been so hard.
1: It's it's I can't I when I was um, Being in a
0: dark space by yourself after that? Oh I that couldn't. Is. And I, I wouldn't be able to be myself. Or... I don't know how he found himself back.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how he found his, his way back to the hotel. He's running around without a shirt and his shoes, he's screaming and just the, all the terror. When I was um 22, 23, not long after I came out when we were working mm-hmm. at Dollar General um, we got robbed one night and we thought the guy had a gun and I, I remember he was fighting with my coworker and the gun went off and I started running. I like ran across the parking lot, I like ran across this ditch. I thought my coworker was dead, like went o- went over to the gas station, called the cops, came back. Thankfully the guy had a cap gun, mm-hmm. but it, I don't know, it's, it had to been some kind of cap gun or maybe it was just in the moment, like being terrified, seeing someone wave a gun at you. You think it's real. It sounded real. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's hard to know in that moment, but like it wasn't a real gun. My co-worker was okay, but it, after that, for I for months, probably years, like it was just every little thing would mm-hmm. cause me to jump. And whenever I would go out to my car, it had to be parked a certain way. I had to walk around it, and make sure there was no one. Like all these things, and that's just being robbed. And then you, like you said, on top of that, six men and the incredible violence that happened here. I mean, of course, it's going to push someone
0: into deep depression, Absolutely. even with a,
1: a loving, wonderful family, you, it's just a very traumatic
0: event. Mm-hmm. Hey questions. we just want to give a special shout out to a couple of our patrons. Tickle.life is an initiative to encourage acceptance and expression of our sexuality. It will be a platform to celebrate unrestrained fantasies and sexual innuendos via discussions. The community will exclusively target like-minded people who are judgment-free, where there is no right or wrong way of expressing one's thoughts. So, helping us to remain true to our real self and accepting the world around in a better way. The platform encourages community building by maintaining anonymity and privacy, but discourages hookups by providing no way to connect personally on a one-to-one level. Register for an early invite at www.tickle.life and go download the app from your iOS store on October 20th, 2018. We also wanna give a special shout out to The Knights Wishing Well, which is a super cute LGBT novel written by author Michael Finn Lang. It's extremely cute and it offers modern twists on classic fairy tales such as giants with high heels, um, a never aging 20 year old beautiful wizard, and many, many, many other fun little tales. It's educational and inspiring and makes a great stocking stuffer. You can find that on Amazon, under the knights wishing well. So
1: so like we said, so like after high school he has this restlessness where he's bouncing around, he can't like find his place, which is again common in people in their early twenties, or you know, eighteen right. early twenties. And but also then someone who's, you know, wrestling with so much. Right. Um, and at least his parents were really very yeah. supportive of his career. It was out.
0: Uh, really beautiful to hear how his family talked about it. Yeah. Because he kind of had the same reaction I, you know that I got yeah. from my family. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you know he at least had that.
1: Yeah, he had a wonderful family and this is in the the mid 1990s, you yeah. know. It's not like like the LGBT movement was taking off, gay people were coming out, like, you know, they were being open, but you know, there were no rights yet and right. being gay was still there was a still strong stigma against it. And his parents took his the fact that he was gay very very easily. They did. So he spent about a year in the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. Matt was very popular among the boys and seemed to be finding himself. He still suffered from mood swings and the many pitfalls of mental illness. A friend he made
0: in Denver said of Matt's depression, sometimes he did really fun, wonderful things. But when he was depressed, which was a good chunk of the time, that depression took him to a really dark places. There'd be times you wouldn't see him for a really long time. You'd show up at his apartment and the apartment would just be trashed. There'd be food rotting on the kitchen cabinet. Sometimes he didn't even have food in the house. I remember one time I, we went over there and he had a radiator leak in his apartment and he had literally taken all of his clothes and just thrown them on top of the pile of water.
1: Matt suffered several hospital stays because of his depression and suicidal thoughts. Finding therapists he trusted was very hard for him, but he always remained in close contact with his high school guidance counselor, Walt Bolden. In fact, Bolden was most likely the first person Matt out, the first person Matt outed himself to in his early teens. The two remained very close for all of Matt's life, and it was partly due to Bolden's counsel that the young man returned to Wyoming in 1997. And so, just pausing here, like, um, mental illness, something that anyone can suffer struggle with and um you know and again the stigma about it and just it shows like the that swing back and forth where like his friend says he would go out he would have a, uh, a good time they said that all
0: the boys wanted to date him and yeah mental illness is such you can't see it so you can't mm-hmm. unless you've experienced it's hard to understand yeah. you can You can be encouraging and you can, you know, strive to learn, but unless you've really felt it or experienced it, I don't know that you can truly, truly, truly understand the impacts it has. Yeah. And like you can, because you can mask it, you Mm -hmm. can, you know, go out and put on a smile because it's not something you can see. So it's easier to, um, you know, mask. To hide, right. And appear to be fine.
1: Exactly. And I don't know how much treatment he was getting as he was bouncing around. Mm -hmm. And so another thing is if you're not treated, if you're not diagnosed or if you're not letting your friends know, I mean, you just come off as crazy. Right. Yeah. You know. And so, you know, keeping that in mind, like people that are struggling with depression or anxiety, you don't know why they are. It doesn't matter. It's not your place to ask. But if you have a friend that's struggling with depression, you know, be aware that there's going to be times where they're going to want to go out and like it's going to go back and forth like they're going to want to go out one night and have a lot of fun and then like every weekend they want to go out and then all of a sudden you don't hear from them for a month and
0: they don't want to do anything and it has nothing to do with you right so you getting mad that they're ignoring you is putting like don't be selfish yeah if they need it let them deal with their feelings right and their their health
1: let them deal with it Check in on them. Make sure they're okay. But if they don't... Like, you can't do this all... You just got to get out there. You just got to try harder. You just got to, you know, put yourself out there and this will go away. Like, that's not how depression and and anxiety works. I do think that there's something to be said for, you know, going to therapy, going to the gym, doing things to help yourself. But if you're not in a place to do that,
0: you know... Sometimes... I've been to times in my life um, where... I mean, I couldn't get out of the bed. Like, Mm -hmm. the thought of getting out of the bed was the worst thing on my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm way better now. You are? I still have, you know, some times from time to time where I'm like, no, I'm going to stay in the house for a week and not talk to anybody. Yeah. (laughs) But um, it's something that you struggle with. Maybe not every day, but it it comes up every now and then. Mm -hmm. But you develop coping mechanisms over time. Yeah. And...
1: What do you think was the best thing that helped you in healing?
0: The best thing that helped me, um, it, it was learning what felt right. Like I had to know, okay, something feels, because before when you feel it, it's it feels like an emotion. So you just feel different and you think it's just an emotion. You don't know what's wrong. You just feel a certain way. So for me, I had to learn, what felt normal and realized like when that flip switched and I felt different like oh you don't really feel that way which you do but like you have to tell your mind like that's not how you should be feeling right now Mm -hmm. which I don't know if that makes sense but I mean like just getting to know my body and know what I was supposed to be feeling like and really if I felt other than that like making myself feel right yeah and (laughs) (laughs) but yeah just just uh, learning, you know, what what I was supposed to feel like and fighting with it. Yeah. It's just coping. It's a lot of coping me- mechanisms. I take a lot of, you know, I do yoga. That has helped mm-hmm. me a lot. I take baths. If I start to feel a certain way, I lay in the bath for an hour and I, you know, have a glass of wine or something, watch some Hulu mm-hmm. and just take... It's me time. Like, yeah. me time is my thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, time for my mind to just... if Because if I get... If I don't get enough sleep or if I, like, am too busy, 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 like, I start to get stressed out and I know that's a trigger for me. Yeah. I, I just know that in our friendship as it's evolved, like, when I
1: first met you versus now, like, I've seen a lot of growth. But I know that when I first met you, there were some, like, you're a lot different now. I feel like you're much more consistent and even. Mm-hmm. You definitely are. Oh, yeah. But when I first met you, like, I didn't, and I, because I was uneducated about, you know, mental health and, like, I, like there would be times where, I didn't understand. You would just like shut down and you wouldn't talk to me, even though we were living together. And then other times you were like upstairs with me all the time. Yeah. You know, that's just, you, you know? And so like giving your friends space and educate yourself. If you feel like your friend's struggling, fucking educate yourself. There's a lot of information out there. So, uh, and we just wanted to bring awareness to that because Matt, you know, he struggled with that and, but he was a really, he was a good guy. So, um, I just skipped over that. So, Matt settled down in the town of Laramie, Wyoming, and enrolled in the University of Wyoming to study political science. Paul just dropped his lid for his water. My bubbly. Yeah, bubbly. We're both drinking very large carbonated waters. Passion fruit flavored. Mine is mango flavored. Is it? Yeah.
0: Oh, did you want a passion fruit
1: one? Well, it's too late now, but I like mango
0: fine. So <laughs> I thought I got four passion fruit. Well, it's a good thing you got that one and not David, because he would have been real mad. Because <laughs> he, <laughs> he doesn't passion like mango. Well, he likes mango, but he specifically wanted a oh, passion fruit well, one.
1: yeah, good thing. Anyways, so so he so Matt started studying political science at the local or well at the University of Wyoming. It seemed that he was finally felt at home again. He became involved in the school's gay and lesbian support group and even proposed a mentoring program for new queer students and began to make a noticeable impact immediately. He also struck up a friendship with a local gay journalist and the two would discuss politics and current events. Matt told his counselor, Bolden, that for the first time in a long while, he felt safe. Actually, several of his friends and family members noticed a great improvement in Matt's
0: mental health. Yeah, so, and also finding something to push it, put your, Mm -hmm. like... Finding something that matters to you is also a good thing to help treat mental illness because if you're like, no, I have to do this because this matters, yeah. it gives you that extra drive to get up and do it when you're not feeling like you want to do anything because you're like, no, this is something that I need to do. Yeah. So that's a big help too. I know this podcast helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree too. It's helped me too. Mm-hmm. So on October 6th, 1998, Matt went to a meeting for the campus LGBT group and then out to a local bar for a few drinks. He was supposed to meet his counselor to celebrate Bolden's birthday, but Bolden had, but Bolden had to cancel at the last minute. Instead, Matt went alone to the. F- was, ugh, what the hell? Instead, Matt went alone to the Firesdale Bar, which was a regular spot for Shepard. <laughs> I said Firesdale. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm not changing it.
1: <laughs> it's Firesdale now, bitches.
0: <laughs> After a short time, two local men, Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson, came in and ordered a pitcher of beer. Aaron had been in trouble many times with the law and was definitely the leader of the two. According to their own testimony, the two men targeted Matt early on in the night. They even stepped away into the restroom to devise a plan to pretend to be gay so they could lure Matt away and rob him. Yeah.
1: The bartender stated that he thought it was odd when Matt and Aaron and Russell began to talk. He thought the group was an odd mix. But the three men seemed to be having a good time talking. After a while, they all left together. Aaron McKinney later reported that Russell was driving, and after they had driven for a bit, Matt put his hand on Aaron's leg and asked, when are we going to get to where you live? This action and statement are important because they would constitute the defense's argument later that Matt touching Aaron launched him into a gay panic, which we will cover more on in episode two.
0: You ever have that Christian panic?
1: <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like when someone knocks on my door and tries to win me to Jesus? Yeah, or... you just
0: want to kill him? <laughs> We don't. Because want to I've never Christians. had that. I've never had that.
1: No, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, have you ever just like, yeah, like I don't agree with you. I don't agree with what you're doing at all. But no, I've never wanted to just kill you because you came right. up and placed a hand on me. He's like I'm, I'm praying for your brother, like.
0: Exactly. exactly.
1: Who knows if they flirted with him or what, but, like, they pretended to be gay at least to strike up a friendship with him. And literally all he does is set his hand on his... But we don't even on.
0: know if he actually did do we that. We
1: don't even know. They, they, they that's, could... have That yeah. could have all been... That could have been Actually, the there was something later on. Like, I didn't put it in either of the scripts that were... Um, Aaron's girlfriend said later on that
0: Matt never made a pass at him. Yeah. That you was probably... I guarantee you that that was defense. defense. Well, did he ever, like, try to touch you? Because if he did...
1: Then that's okay. Also, Matt was sitting in the middle seat between the two men. So you're in the middle of a pickup truck, which isn't that big, between two two grown-ass men. Where the fuck are you supposed to put your hands? It's like sitting in the middle seat of a plane, and your hands are just crushed in front of you. Especially
0: if you're like, oh, we're going back to my place, and you're trying to fight with this guy, like...
1: Oh, and and, and also, even if he did make a pass, like, you pretended you were gay, asked this guy to go out with you, said you're going back to your place, what the fuck was he supposed to think? Right. But, we're only getting revved up.
0: (laughs) But But at this moment, McKinney turned to Matt and replied, guess what, we're not gay, you're going to get jacked. He then told Matt to turn over his wallet, which Matt did. Then they took him out to a deserted part of the prairie and pulled Matthew from the car. Forensic forensic science shows that Shepard began to fight back, but the two men overpowered him. They dragged him to a nearby wooden fence and tied him to the post. One man then pulled out a 357 Magnum and began to pistol whip Matt with the butt of the gun.
1: Shepard suffered 18 blows to the head and face with with four skull fractures. The final blow crushed his skull and his brain stem and tore off his right ear. McKinney and Russell both said Matt pleaded and cried for them to stop, but they would not hear his pleas. After beating him into unconsciousness, the two thugs stole his wallet, jewelry, and shoes and left him tied to the post in near freezing temperatures. He wasn't discovered until 18 hours later.
0: The next afternoon, a passing bicyclist thought he saw a crumpled Halloween scarecrow. To his horror, it was, 21 year old, it was a twenty-one-year-old man who had been savagely beaten. The bicyclist called into nine-one-one and reported there was a man who had been beat up. Originally, the reporting deputy Reggie Flutie didn't realize the extreme circumstances of the case until she arrived on the scene and saw Matt's body. She stated, "He was just brutally beaten. There's no wi- there's no polite way to say it, and there was just dried blood all around his neck area." But he had those two streaks that came down his face where the tears had come. He just looked terribly deformed.
1: What? The tears get me every time. Because the tears, like, through all the blood, that was the right. only thing that you could see. That was the only way that he even knew that at first, like, that he was white like anything. Mm-hmm. Shepherd, was rush- Shepherd was rushed to the hospital where he stayed in life support, where he stayed on life support for the next five days. Almost immediately, doctors knew that Matt would not survive for long. His parents were notified and flew back from Saudi Arabia as quickly as they could. Initially, his father had the idea that Matt was in a car accident. It wasn't until he returned to the States that family informed him of the true circumstances of his son's condition. During this time, the news media exploded with the story of Matthew Shepard.
0: Matt remained in a coma and his family was faced with the difficult decision to pull him off of life support. Over the next few days, they battled with the emotions of handling such a daunting task. Finally, Judy Shepard asked Matt's counselor, Walt Bolden, to go to Matt and tell him it was okay to leave. Bolden went in, that evening. Bolden went in the evening of October 11th. Early the next morning, Matthew, she- Matthew Shepard passed away.
1: Um, and so in our next episode, we will be discuss the trial, the media sensation, and the lasting impact of Matthew Shepard's death but for now our time is about up um you know it's just a really awful story it was so sad his dad told a story of like Matt had this rabbit that he loved and yeah. the dad was looking around for it like he ran back to the house one day while Matt was still on life support and he was trying to find this rabbit and tried to find it and he couldn't he was so frustrated that he couldn't find Matt's rabbit and then um you know Matt passed away and he came back, and like a day or two later, he found the rabbit. And he says that you know he felt like Matt left that there for him because he was going to need the rabbit more than Matt.
0: Right. He wanted him to have a piece of him. Yeah. Or exactly.
1: To remember him, and you know the just the vicious. I mean, again, he he's beaten. He's like pistol whipped. He's kicked. He's punched. He's tied to this post. He can't defend himself. He's already a small man. He's only five foot two, um, and he's then he's left to. To freeze to death.
0: Right, so he didn't even get beaten and then shot and die instantly. He was beaten and left to die through the pain, through the Mm -hmm. horrible injuries. Yeah. And it was all because he was gay.
1: All because he was gay. All because he put his hand, supposedly because he put his hand, and who really knows? um, Well, these guys could have intended to kill him all along because they hated him. It could have been that they uh, they got carried away in the moment it doesn't really give matter i don't give a fuck also aaron mckinney is a piece of shit you'll hear uh, more about him and uh the next episode he had just he didn't seem to have any real remorse russell henderson seemed to have some remorse for what happened but aaron mckinney just kind of seemed like yeah well i don't know um yeah so uh but like i said that all of that is going to come up in the next episode um, your recommended resource is the Matthew Shepard. is a friend of mine, available on Hulu and Amazon. Also, the Me- also the Matthew Shepard Foundation, which you can go to MatthewShepardFoundation is celebrating twenty years because when this episode drops, it'll be just a few days before Matt's the passing, uh, the anniversary of Matt's death, which is was October twelfth. As I said, the counselor went in there on October eleventh in that evening, and Matt actually uh, passed away just after twelve a.m. So mm-hmm. it was just a few hours later he passed away. And um, uh, so the anniversary of his death is kind of really neat because both of these episodes are going to, like, bookend his anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can check that out online. It's a great cause for donations, and it also is a great resource for the queer community. A lot of good information on there, especially about hate crimes
0: and and different things. And this is why words matter, Mm -hmm. and the things you teach people matter, Yes, and why the hate and bigotry coming from the religious right is not okay because it promotes things like this
1: exactly because it makes people think that they they're justified to go out and beat a young man to death because because he's gay like what the hell what the fucking hell and he wasn't even and we'll talk about this more in the next episode he wasn't even the first death wasn't the first no gay it wasn't like killed. this is the
0: first thing in the. no
1: it wasn't even the first gay man killed that year Right. wasn't even the first gay person killed that year. Like, there had been a lesbian was killed earlier that year, another gay man, like, several other gay people were. I mean, like, in 1996, the year before Matt's death, over 1,000 queer individuals were violently attacked for being, for being queer. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't something that nobody knew about. They had been dropping these statistics. The uh, Gay and Lesbian uh, Liberation Front... You um the HRC Human Rights Campaign had been coming out with these facts nobody was listening, but Matthew Shepard got people to sit up and listen. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Um, I
0: was gonna say. Oh yeah. So make sure you tell your family you love them today, and mm-hmm. go have go do something fun and lighthearted because that's a yeah because it's story. A, it's a
1: it's a sad story you know. It is a sad. So do something fun and lighthearted. Watch out for your friends. And uh, yeah. And don't forget to download and subscribe.
0: And remember <laughs>
1: to check out our calendar of events. And go to yourqueerstory.com. And we love you, Christians. Our little allied hookers. And our savory Sapphists.